we are pretty sure of the state of democracy in Russia. Not great. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shot blew up. Hey, Caitlin. Chris. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I have two kids, and I really feel like I have two kids right now. <laughs> I slept on my couch, uh, and um, like not in a uh, cliched my my marriage is in trouble kind of way, but in a uh, we've had to begin sleep training again at ten ten months. In an 800 square foot apartment. It's horrible. <laughs> this is the life I chose. Anyway, I have some tennis news. Um, uh, a delightful. <laughs> Wait, can I just quote. add a? Mo- can I add a sure. moment of solidarity? Yep. I too will be sleeping on the couch because my back hurts. Oh wow! I know, and we have to buy a new mattress. You, we are we are getting old. Like our bodies, just, our, our our bodies don't make sense anymore. Why aren't we doping? <laughs> well, you are doping, or you were. I was. And it was yeah. awesome. It was thrown out, but I kept a secret stash. Claire <laughs> luckily doesn't listen to this podcast except when she's on it. Right. So she hasn't found the she hasn't found the uh the incriminating details. I tucked it into a book, just like an old timey villain. Wow. Or a twelve year old, thirteen year old. You're <laughs> no, let's go with old timey villain. Okay, sure. You're living a lie is what I'm hearing. Whoa. Whoa. About drugs. Thrown. About <laughs> drugs. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, no, well, I'll get to this later, but uh, I did have a drug-related uh, piece of feedback from a listener, oh. and I will get to that later. So please continue. Fantastic. Uh, so it's the off-season. So basically, uh, the news is like coaching and people popping off and saying weird, weird things. You know what I mean? Love it. Love it. Uh, first thing that I love, uh, Scotty Pippen ran into Novak Djokovic at a Beverly Hills uh, eatery. Uh, presumably a pretty fancy one, and I just went over and like talked to him about how Djokovic was his favorite player and how he was a huge fan. What a weird wow. combination of athletes. What a weird... Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Not I... one I would have... Um, Scotty Pippen is like... If you ask me to name like 100 NBA players... I mean, I realize Scotty Pippen, a, a, a stalwart of the Bulls sure. during the Michael Jordan era, but uh-huh. no, like I never would even remember his name. Uh-huh. Sure. Sure. And and Djokovic, sure. You know, I like talking about him because I like talking about tennis. But like, again, not somebody I would be like, oh, yeah, of course, those two fans. Right. He's yeah, exactly. It caught my eye because I remember there was a rumor. uh, Sure, it's not true. But but there was a rumor I remember in high school tennis that uh, that sort of in order to illustrate how like tennis was like a unique sport that had to be learned and just being an athlete wasn't enough, that there was a videotape of like an 11-year-old girl, girl just housing Scottie Pippen. Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe it was my, Michael Jordan, like just to show that it's like... Oh my uh, God, that's amazing. Form. Yeah, God, I hope it's true. If anybody How have I out never there knows... that? I feel like I would have... There have been so many conversations I've had with like cocky men about like the athleticism and specificity of tennis that yeah. this could have just been like my go-to. Yeah. God, if it's out there... If anybody knows anything about that, e- even if they've heard like a, a less good version of the same r- rumor, we're interested. Really yeah. interested. I mean, we'll devote a whole show to it. Yeah. Uh, along those lines of uh, of women uh, destroying men at tennis. Did you see Serena played a uh, charity tournament? No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. The Bryan brothers have a ch- charity thing and uh, she was there and played a and little bit. And she crushed everybody. Did she beat like John Hamm? She beat, or like a real player. She beat both of the Bryan brothers. They were both on the court. She beat them both. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I'm kidding. But it was really... <laughs> I'm definitely kidding. But yeah, it's super encouraging because I feel like she's someone who... I mean, like given what Venus is doing, which we discussed before is incredibly underrated, 
um, it's really, I feel like, yeah, sure. She has a template for like how to keep, keep going at an older age. She'll go forever. Yeah. Right. Like as long I hope, as she wants. I, I hope she just like plays the legends tournaments, sh- like rolls up half an hour before like, you know, some match <laughs> on center court against right. like, who knows, Elena, Elena Dementieva or something. Right. And just like, doesn't even warm up. Just like right. fires a bunch of aces. Right. Has Boom. Like, like mom sweatpants on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like doesn't even bother to like take off jewelry. Right. Or like where, where's her heavy earrings, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Um, uh, this, uh, this, discussion actually like neat uh leads me neatly on to uh another piece of news which is that Merit Safin uh was quoted as saying the re you know the fact that Nadal and Federer and I guess to a lesser extent Murray the fact that they're uh on the wrong side of 30 and still some of the best players is a sign that the men's game is weak like that there aren't and like like two things one he's a year older than Roger Federer and it feels like yeah Merat Savin's been gone for a hundred years and it's been 200 years since he totally housed Federer in that Australian Open I think final oh my god I totally forgot that he destroyed him he absolutely Merat Savin was not only incredible looking he was really good when he kind of decided to be yeah oh yeah definitely I mean probably as I mean, people said this a million times, but like as talented as anyone, and he looked kind of like a Russian robot. Um, yeah, but was actually quirky, kind of fun. Um, yeah, I liked him. Yeah. I like him. You know, he's a Russian politician. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I think he's like an MP, which wow. I don't exactly know what that means, but I love how it says sort of like internationally uh, kind of relevant. Yeah, like oh, that guy, he's an MP. Right. Wow. Some yeah. kind of representative of something. I'm right. not sure of the state of democracy in Russia, but well, we are he's pre- involved in government. We are pretty sure of the state of d- democracy in Russia. Not great. Poor. <laughs> Very poor. Um, poor or better than America? Uh, I don't know. All right. Relatedly. <laughs> Relatedly. So, so like, that's him like popping off, clearly, um, But I guess. But is he right? Like, I don't know. Like it, it's like just to divorce the messenger from it. Is it a sign of weakness in the men's game? A little. I don't want to pick on the the youngins because I like them and I think they all have really really interesting games. I think it is a failure of mental fortitude on the part of the young kids. But also, I think the five set thing is too 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 long. I think it, if you look at like Zverev and team and how they were able to sort of topple their elders who yeah. I think when we think of the next generation, we think of them a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's obviously other names, but you know, those are the oh, yeah. sort of preeminent ones. Yep. They can beat the big four and best out of three. Yeah. And then they sort of notoriously fall short in slams. Zverev in particular. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that he got very far in any of the slams this year. And I think one of the reasons is because overcoming, Anybody in five sets is grueling, especially, you know, two weeks in a row. But then, you know, you look at like Federer and uh, Nadal in particular, Murray and Djokovic obviously rounding out the, the, the top four, even though the latter two guys didn't play uh, a ton after uh, like midsummer uh, earlier in Djokovic's, Djokovic's case. But like, obviously the fan thing is a huge deal. Like even I remember watching, um, and we talked about it on the podcast at the time, remember in uh, Miami watching uh, Curios play... Federer yep super fun. in the final and yep. just like that that crowd took the match away from curious yeah for sure right for sure and I think like not only that but beating one of those guys at a grand slam in five sets with the crowd against you if the game were structured a little bit differently and I'm a huge proponent of best of three uh-huh. on both sides because I think five is just laborious I think it's boring I think uh I think it doesn't 
create the kind of variety at the top of the game, which is exactly what we're talking about um, throughout the year. And I think uh, it tends to value a certain type of athleticism over another, which I think I find, you know, I, I'm not necessarily going to go for the steadfast, steadfast guy over the guy who's playing in a more interesting manner, even if the guy, the latter can only sustain it for a set or two, you know? Yeah. That's totally. just the way I like my tennis. I like it punchy. <laughs> punchy. I mean, <laughs> come I, at me, bro. You know, come at me, bro. I mean, I think that like uh, I don't know. I feel less strongly, or or at least I would want to carve out for night matches, like only five sets for night matches. Only after two a.m. <laughs> only after two. I think it's like I, there's something I like about you know like well it's one forty five on the east coast or uh, <laughs> for the Australian it's like the sun's almost coming up, like literally almost coming up uh and australia in particular has had some pretty great five setters well if that five setter between nadal and federer speaking of hadn't gone into five sets i would not have seen it but i think both of us saw it because we are parents and we both got up like somewhere in the 5 a.m or 6 a.m hour and it was still on yeah and and the fifth set was the only like that was the only competitive i mean i mean the end of the fourth beginning of the fifth was was the best part when they were both playing well right exactly um yeah yeah uh, so I feel like that's good. And like, there, there've been some really class, like the Federer, Varinka, Varinka, um, uh, five setters at the Australian. Pretty amazing. So I don't know. Uh, I would go for that. Well, but- we, we're going to agree to disagree, but don't you think it's, it's, uh, totally the likely factor of why, well, I don't know. Do you agree with Safin? Like I do that it's, uh, it's a failure of the sort of next generation. Yeah, I think so. Or it's the like amazing crop of players that came up at once and pu- push each other to be really good. Because like yeah, being like that's being, true. Like being older, the fact that he was older was the explanation for why Federer for a long time couldn't win five setters or like grueling four setters, right? So so it's weird. You would you would think that a younger player who was like uh, recovered more quickly. Um, would you know if, yeah if, would if, bounce back match if he to had, match. sorry yeah, like if he had four setters back to back to back days he would be fine yeah i guess what that's I'm, probably true as well i guess what i'm driving at is that the big four must be doping <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first everyone yeah. actually uh, these it's these sort of barely factual and unsubstantiated claims that have been getting us into a lot of trouble would yeah. you like me to en- enumerate them uh yes Okay, good, because we got a few, uh, some humorous, some more pointed responses uh, from the main draw. And I would I would caution anyone who listens to the main draw as a strictly factual experience to um, perhaps check out other fantastic podcasts that are definitely factual called uh, No Challenges Remaining, hosted by our friends Ben Rothenberg and Courtney Nguyen, or uh, the delightful Elliot and uh, Jonathan in Toronto who host the body serve. There's lots of great ones. Uh, Carl Bialik, our pal is doing one. He hosts a show called 30 love and he commented on the most recent episode after um, a very steadfast listener who goes by the Twitter handle Vosas in Uh Lisbon. Okay. Who took up some issues with me describing uh, Sam Quarry's net game Uh um, saying I was surprised to see him at the net. Uh, which, upon further reflection, uh, it is actually true. He has deployed, especially in grass court matches, more of a net-centric game. Yep. So, Voshas, you're right. That said, I just hate that guy. I fucking hate him. And That's like giving him an inch of credit is just too terrible uh, for me to hand handle. Voshas said, not to sound picky, but I have to admit, sometimes I feel so baffled by some of Caitlin's inaccuracies. You and me both, man. I don't, Fair enough. <laughs> there was one episode where you claimed Azarenka had won Wimbledon twice, which is not true. She didn't. She only won it once. Right. I think uh, and on this episode of Load, yeah. 
you said Venus reached two slam finals and two slam semis this year. I think the actual thing was she reached two slam uh, finals, one slam semi. Uh, you know, you guys, come on. You're sweating the small stuff. That's not it. But I can't be, I can't, I can't be like fact checked live on air. Um, but then Carl, somewhat in my defense uh, and somewhat opening up a new, different can of worms, replies to both of us saying, "These Easter eggs, Caitlin Thompson plants from an alternate tennis reality. Venus Williams, French Open semifinalist. Har har. She wasn't okay. I get it. Alex Verev, 22 year old. In reality, he's not yet 22. Uh, are part of the joy I take in this show as a nitpicky tennis fan. Welcome back." <laughs> Fair enough, you guys. I take these corrections very seriously in the sense that I read them um, and not much else. But I will endeavor to at least correct myself on prior episodes. And then in our last piece of feedback after um, our episode, Daniel Menchik, who has listened and given me m- plenty of feedback over the years. He is a former college player and is, is a fan of both of ours, which, you know, obviously I'm more likely to respond if you say that you're a fan. Um Caitlin, thrilled that you two are back on the air, was deeply concerned you had signed off for good. Standard of living now back up considerably. However, what happened with the Meldonium? Or did you sign some kind of NDA with the USCA after you won the national championship and they decided to be hard on crime? Or are you keeping it to yourself because you don't want your team's arch rival to learn the secret of your victory? Or was there a defibrillator involved? That was my concern in regarding the radio podcast silence. There's a these lot of questions fun, packed in there. These are fun options. This they are. I know. They're all yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'll just leave you guessing because <laughs> the reality is super, super boring. But no, I maybe I did win uh, the national championship and sign an NDA or maybe, you know, it involves an arch rival and a, and a plan for victory next year. Right. And maybe a defibrillator was involved. Uh, so you'll just, you'll never know. Although if you go on the USDA website, you can see exactly how I did. Oh, and two. <laughs> uh, one match barely lasted more than an hour. So yeah. that is, in fact, how I did. Meldonium or not, if you play uh, tennis pros who practice every day, chances are you're not going to win. Right. So you basically rolled the dice with your health for two losses. For nothing. For two losses. For own two. Right. Although that second loss, man, 10-8 in the third. Oh, God. Lord. Wow. I know. My Speaking sweat was sweating wow. in the Orlando sun. I know. Right. Yeah. Basically, I can relate a lot to the big four and, you know, their grueling five set two weeks in a row <laughs> experiences. 10, 8, and third. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was 10, 8, and the third set tiebreaker when because you, you play a tiebreaker instead of the third set. But let's uh-huh. just go with my original description. Yeah. 10, sure. 8, and the third, which is accurate, you nitpickers. Right. But uh, a little disingenuous on my part. So, yeah, <laughs> lots of feedback. Lots, lots of, feedback. of news. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And now all the players are getting... Like they're now back in training mode, yep. which is fun because you see them all sort of like working off. I mean, I think they're exaggerating. Like Alizé Cornet posted a hilarious gif on her Twitter. And Alizé Cornet, I don't know if we talk about her enough because she is one of my favorite tennis players of all mm-hmm. time. I know we talked about her a little bit in, yep. uh, during the Wimbledon episode. Drama, yeah. Man, she is drama and I'm here for it. Uh, she posted the gif of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio crawling while on drugs, gets faced and like crawls into his Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Wolf. Yes. Thank you for you fact checkers out there. I'm gonna get over it. I promise. And said so day two of preseason got me like. <laughs> That's good. Like they're all so sore from taking like three weeks off from yep. their like athletic primes and drinking two beers instead of one, and now they are all 
like us weekend warriors who have to sleep on couches because of backs, you know, come on, you guys, you took three weeks off. Sadly, right. you should be able to take six months off as we've talked about at length. Yes. Um, but yeah, they have 30 days off basically. And then in like 18 hours, they're going to be like locked in in a way that we can only imagine. Right. I was thinking today, if I had a perfect reel, like, you know, how when you make a song, and they now patch together like the best note of all the notes that you hit in the whole song. I mean, I'm kind of exaggerating and not exactly accurately describing the process, but you get the gist of it, right? Yeah, but boy, these fact checkers are way in your head. But I know, they really are. On. I'm going to get over it. I got the gifts. I was yep. thinking, what if, and I pose this question to both of us, what if you could take a career-long compendium of the best like forehand on the line I've ever hit, the best inside out, the best slice, the best drop shot, the best volley you know, half volley pickup, rushing my way into the net, uh-huh. et cetera, and put together like one perfect match. Could I beat anybody? Like anybody in like on tour, like satellite yeah. tour kind of, kind of action. Yeah. Here? Like how good would I be? Like how good would my best shots be? Like if I, if I just had the perfect match where like the best I was capable of playing, uh, yeah. on every, and, and any given shot was just like to the maximum. I still don't think I would be, an active pro but i feel like maybe i could make it like somewhere in the satellites i feel like that's kind of where i'd end up maybe like in the futures like 150 to 400 maybe are are you also getting like uh like your best mental states as well because that would be like then i think yeah i think you could oh interesting i was thinking about it more like a video game where i could just like program my best thing you know like knockout right or punch out rather yeah you know, and yep. like my left hook would just be like forehand, forehand, right down the line, inside out. Yep. Right. Yep. Cross court pass. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think like your like whatever your college prime was, uh, and then like being mentally really locked in. I think you could probably win a ton of matches because if you were mentally tougher, a lot of the pe- people down there like what holds them back is they melt down. Uh, and I think you can do it. Yeah. Yes. This is the answer I was looking for. How good would you be? I would be competitive with, uh, with the middle of the road guy at Kalamazoo. (laughs) That's like where that's awesome. That's good. Like to be clear, the national championships of juniors held at Kalamazoo or are you talking about like Kalamazoo college? I was was talking about Kalamazoo college. Are you kidding? (laughs) Who was pretty strong? I went to a a Midwestern liberal arts school. Uh, so that like they were obviously pretty strong. So. No, 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 no. Your best, best, best strokes all together in one package. Package total, as we should call it. Pa- this is the package total thought experiment. <laughs> uh, I really want to hear what people say about this because I'm curious, A, who listens to the show, uh, Not besides not my wife. Does Michelle, right. your wife, listen to the show? Absolutely not. Great. Yep. Uh, that's why we can enjoy such a candid, fact-free environment. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> right. Like she, is, she is like a public health nurse. Like People's lives depend upon her. Paying, paying attention to facts. So it would be maddening, I bet. Anyway, I'm kind of curious who listens to the show and who plays among our listenership. And if so, what is the best on your best day with every shot? You know, even, imagine, even if you will, not even your best match ever, like the best shots you could uh, uh, from a menu just pl- plugged into one two hour experience. Right. How good would that be? Um, Chris's would be mid-tier at Kalamazoo College. Mine (laughs) might be lower ranks of the satellite tour making $5,000 checks maybe at, you know, Augusta Clunch Club. To be clear, not great, but not nothing. Not Not nothing. Not nothing. So, like, you're, like, how I'm imagining this is kind of like a Voltron-type tennis player. 
completely right. Voltron. Okay. Yep. All right. Best. That's the. I should have. Project Voltron. We can also call it. <laughs> Project Voltron. Perfect. 